morning. Good to see all of you who are here with us and all of you who are joining us online. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. If you have your Bibles, find your place in the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 12. <clears throat> we are continuing these days to talk about a very important subject, what I'm calling dead to the world. And it's important for all of us because here it is, we've been born again. We've been saved as God's people. <clears throat> We've been saved out of the world, but then the Lord has sent us back into the world. So the question for all of us is, as we live for the Lord Jesus Christ in this world, how is it that we're to live? While you're finding your place there in Romans chapter 12, so uh, we've had quite a bit of snow here in the uh, immediate Dixon area around the church in some areas, not as much, but I wanted to uh, take just a moment to say personally, and I want you also to appreciate this. <clears throat> I want to thank Buddy Springer, who's been up here since about 5.30 this morning so that the parking lots are clean and so the sidewalks are clean and so that, there's, uh, that we have some safety in coming in here. His planning, his, his uh, work for us as the chairman of our trustees, I'm grateful for that, and I think for all of us who are here, we should say thank you and recognize him, though Buddy wouldn't want us to do that. May the Lord bless you, Buddy, and thank you for your service to the Lord. So today we come to Romans chapter 12. For most of you who are here today, is a very familiar passage in the Word of God. You know these words very well. You are familiar with them, but today we use them as we think about, though, though Paul said Galatians chapter 6, 14, this is a little bit of review from last week, Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, that I've been crucified to the world. When I come to know Jesus Christ, I'm crucified. I die. I die on the cross with Jesus Christ, and yet I'm alive and I'm a new creature. So living as a new creature, though I'm dead to the world, I'm alive. So how am I, how am I to live uh, as a new person in Christ. Well, Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, famous words, but we're going to take the time today to look at them, and perhaps you'll find some help in your life as we seek to live for God and glorify God in this world. Paul says, uh, let me go back up and read, beginning in uh, Romans eleven thirty three. 33. Oh, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who has given to him that it might be paid back to him again? Verse 36, for from him and through him and to him, are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, Heavenly Father, we, we come today and we ask that the Holy Spirit of God would teach us the Word of God. We've had 
We've had many distractions in our life, uh, weather distractions, health distractions. We pray for those in our church who are sick these days. We pray that you might bring them back to health, that they might recover soon. We pray for those in our church who have drifted away, seemingly gone back into the world's ways, not walking with God, having no joy in their life, no revival in their hearts. We pray for those. We pray for those who are suffering greatly and troubled and having struggles and difficulties in their mind and in their relationships. May they, may they find victory in Jesus Christ. May they learn, may we all learn today how to be overcomers in Jesus Christ. And we pray that you'd help us as we seek to live in the world, in this place in Tennessee where you've placed us. For the sake of the gospel, may this church live to honor and glorify God in all that we do. We pray that today you might help us to understand your word and that we might apply it to our lives, that each of us might leave this place today, those listening to us uh, online and those who are here uh, physically, that we might find for us something that will be of importance in our own spiritual growth and development. And we thank you for the word of God and we thank you for the privilege of worshiping God. And we pray today that you would help us to understand your word and glorify you today in our bodies. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So our focal truth today is this, that believers are dead to the world, resisting conformity to the world. So I'm dead to the world, so how does it look when I live my life dead to the world? Well, the first thing we must learn to do as followers of Jesus is we must learn how to resist conformity to the world. We must resist conformity to the world. And so there are three simple observations that come out of Romans chapter 12. And I want to give these to you. Number one, believers resist conformity to the world by presenting their bodies to God as a holy sacrifice. When we were singing just a moment ago, our songs that Brother Steve had chosen for us went right along with what we're talking about here today, about the importance of presenting ourselves to the Lord. Number two, believers resist conformity to the world by renewing our minds. And thirdly, believers resist conformity to the world by doing the will of God. There'll be some overlap in what I say week to week because some of these things come together. Again, let me say this to you. To be, uh, to be not conformed to the world does not mean that we don't wear normal clothing. We wear some kind of special clothing. It doesn't mean that we live in some kind of a separate compound away from everyone else. It doesn't mean that we refuse to use tools and technology uh, that are in the world. Those are, those are not appropriate ways to understand what it means to live and resist conformity to the world. All oh, the world system is what we're talking about here. We're talking about the ways of the world. We're talking about a world system under the control of the devil that is antichrist and a system of unbelief. If you listen to the news, if you pay attention to those things that you watch on television or movies or in music, the reality is you hear the ways of the world, the philosophy of the world, the ideas of the world embedded in all of those things. 
The question is how they influence you. So the church has had a long history of trying to figure out, well, where do we, where do we fall in that? Sometimes the church says, well, we've got to be much more like the world. If we'll just do what the world does, talk like the world talks, they'll, they'll appreciate us and they'll come to Jesus. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Other times, well, we'll just completely leave and uh, abandon uh, people in the world and these who are living in this way and ungodliness and, and uh, uh, unbelief and we'll just follow Jesus and uh, leave them to God. But that, that is to uh, ignore the great commission that we're to go into the world and make disciples. So where is it? Well, it's in these, it's in these words that we'll be looking at that we find that medium ground, that, that ground that helps us understand what it means to be dead to the world and yet to live in the world. And the first matter is learning to resist conformity. There's not a student in our, in our church. There's not any boys and girls in our church. In fact, it's true for adults that hasn't felt or perhaps even today feels peer pressure. You, you feel the pressure to look like everybody else, talk like everybody else live in the same standards of everybody else, there is a pressure that comes from the world. It's real. It's not something that's made up. It causes boys and girls and students in school to have real hard times and troubles when they do not understand how to deal with conformity. Well, there is in reality one of the first, first and most important principles for us as followers of Jesus is this matter of resisting. And so today we resist what? We resist conformity to the world. Paul says, again, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you prove what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So let's get to this. Number one, believers resist conformity. How is it then that I don't conform to the world? Well, first of all, it's by what I do with my body, my physical body. You see, the first act of worship I have is to present myself to God. I must present, in fact, presenting your body. Verse number one, therefore I urge you by the mercies of God, look at this carefully now, Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Paul is using a very important priestly word in the book of Leviticus. So when the priests come, they present the sacrifice before God. They present the body, the, the, the body, they present the body of the sacrifice. The sacrifice is killed and the blood is drained. And there is a presentation to God of the sacrifice. Uh, the actual word means to lay to the side, to set there beside. It is the idea of bringing it before the altar of God. This is a very spiritual matter, but you know every day of your life, you know how you learn to resist conformity to the world? This is very important. You privately, before God, every day present yourself to God a living and holy sacrifice in your body. That's how, that's how we do it. This is the first act of resistance. I wonder today if you understand that in your life and the importance of it. Whoever you are. The importance of doing this. This is the repeated act that we must do. If we are going to 
If we're going to avoid conformity to the world, we must first present our bodies to God, our living bodies, as a holy sacrifice. It sounds like a contradiction. Sacrifices are to, be, are to die, yes, and we are to die. Every day we come and present ourselves to God and we die to ourself and we commit to live for God. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. That's what we just sang. Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. And that has to do with your body. That has to do with what you do with your body. I want you to take your Bible and find the place. And we're right here in Romans. This will be easy to find. But I want you to look these verses up with me today because I think they'll be helpful. Romans chapter 6. Paul is talking about the importance of, of understanding that we are dead to sin but still alive to God. And we, we've talked about this in detail in past days when we talked about the battle that goes on with our flesh. But it's the same battle we have with the world. Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse number 13. <clears throat> Notice this, we'll go to verse 12. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Today, are you allowing sin to control what you do with your physical body so that you obey its lust? You see, this is how you can know if you are, if you are, um, Allowing yourself to be controlled by your flesh. It's that you obey its desires. You just give in to all of the lustful desires of your body. And do not go on, notice he uses this word, presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. Don't keep doing that. You're now saved. You don't live and you don't commit your body. You don't continue to live in the old lustful desires that you used to have when you were lost without Jesus Christ, but you present yourself to God, verse 13, as those who are alive from the dead. Now I'm alive. I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live and I live now and I do not present my body any longer as members of unrighteousness, but as instruments of righteousness. Look at verse 16. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one you obey. Listen, if you are still giving in and yielding to the lustful desires that lead your flesh to do wicked things in your body, you are a slave to your sin. This is the first thing we must learn to do. It is the matter of disciplining ourselves to godliness. It is a matter of saying no to sin in our mind and in our will, committing that we're going to follow Jesus Christ, and we do not yield to these temptations and these desires that are driven by our, by our flesh, and we do not live, our bodies are pure, righteous, holy. They are not unclean. They are not given to uncleanness. In the Levitical law, it was clear. <clears throat> chapter after chapter has to do with making sure that the believer Israel was clean, that they were not unclean, and they were to avoid the things that would bring them <clears throat> to be unclean. You see, this matter for us is a spiritual matter. So when I come before God and I have used my body in unclean ways and I have yielded myself and present, you see, this is it. We see something, we desire it in the world, and our flesh rises up and our, and our body participates in sin. 
No, it is our desire, it is our commitment that we please God by living for the Lord. And we present ourselves to God as living sacrifices. So I ask you today, do you have in your practice, your daily practice, when you open your Bible to read it, do you realize that you're doing more than just having your Bible reading? Every day there is an act of worship that demonstrates your resistance and how you keep from conforming to the world. You know what it is? I'm presenting you my body, God, today. I'm I don't want you to change it. My body is what it is, the way it looks, the way you made me. I'm giving you my body. And I ask that you take my body, old or young, middle age, wherever you are. I ask you to take my body and use my body for your holy purposes. You see, in Romans chapter 12, 1, when we present our bodies, we present them as a living and holy sacrifice. Notice verse number one. It's acceptable to God. <clears throat> God is pleased when we live like this. He is pleased with this act of worship. And it is our reasonable worship. We sometimes think about worship as just what we sing with our lips. And how we hear God's word and how we participate in fellowship with one another in worship. But the first act of worship, the first act of worship, as Paul says here in chapter 12, verse 1, our spiritual service of worship is to present ourselves to God for useful purposes. So what does that mean, friend? It means that your body is valuable to the work of God. You see, we're saved in our bodies. We're saved body, soul, and spirit. We serve God in our bodies. We worship God in our bodies. We, <clears throat> our bodies are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit of God. That's why you must give very serious condition to what you submit your body physically to do. We, are we will one day be conformed, praise God, to the glorified body of Christ, and you will have a glorified body. The dead in Christ will rise out of these graveyards when the trumpet sounds at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there's great news about your body. Your body is not only now the temple of the Holy Spirit, but you and I are to live in purity in our bodies. Are you submitting your body to sinful ways in your life as a Christian. Well, then you're not, you're not resisting conformity to the world because the world says, just do whatever you want that feels good to your body. Please your body. Satisfy your body. Satisfy your fleshly desires. That's what the world says. The Christian says, no, my body is now given to God and I will only use my body to glorify God. Secondly, believers resist conformity to the world by renewing their mind. Oh, this is such a big subject. Paul says, and do not be. Notice the conjunction in verse 2. Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. This is your spiritual service of worship. And, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. <clears throat> I often think about in my own life when I have times of despair and discouragement. We've talked about this when we've been talking about hope in God. You see, the joy of being saved is that you can renew your mind and you must renew your mind 
every day, all the time. We must learn to be those who renew our minds. If you are, <clears throat> I talk with people and I've seen it in my own life. I go back to old ways, don't I? I go back and think about old things that I did. But did you know you can never change those old things you did? As I was saying to someone the other day, why are you continuing <clears throat> to think about what God has forgotten? Why are you continuing to go back and think about things that you have asked God to forgive you of and he's forgotten them? Why do you continue to go back in your mind to the past and think about what God has forgotten? That's a very important question for all of us because this plagues us and keeps some of us from the joy of <clears throat> knowing Jesus. So as we live in this world, we hear all kinds of ideas that come to us <clears throat> from all kinds of media and all kinds of people. And yet we're not to be conformed to this world because we renew our minds. Do you understand what it means to review, renew your mind? First of all, conformity. Conformity is an interesting word here. Do not be conformed to the world. It is a word, a word that means to be shaped in the fashion of something. It is to be shaped in thinking. You know, this is what the world says. The world says, believe like us. The world system says, come be with us. Do what we do. Believe what we believe. <clears throat> do what we do. And the world says, sin like us. Just do what we do. This is how the world, this is the demand of conformity. It is that we would think and live in the ways of the world. How does the world live? Well, the world, uh, just, I'll run through it in, here and it's in Romans chapter one, very clearly the world thinks and suppresses the truth of God. They don't, they push it down. They refuse to hear what the Bible says and about what God says about life and sin and righteousness. They refuse, they suppress the truth. They're futile, they're empty in their speculations. They, they're just, they're thinking and chasing every rabbit. There's no soundness in their minds. They have foolish wisdom. They profess to be wise, but they are fools in their thinking and in their ways. They exchange the truth of God for the lies of worshiping themselves and the creation, and they live and it produces a foolish mindedness in their life. And all kinds of godless ways and wickedness come. All kinds of immoral ways of living, and Paul even describes it in Romans chapter 1, of those who have a foolish mind of living in wickedness and greed and envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice and gossips and slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. All of these things have to do, my dear friends, with the way you think. The Lord said, as you think, so, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's the book of Proverbs. And the Lord said, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. You see, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I ask you today, are you living with a renewed mind or are you still, are you still thinking about things that God has forgotten? Are you caught up in things in your life and living with regret, wishing that somehow you could change what's going on? Well, believers transform their minds. I'm talking about something that's the normal. This is how you resist. Listen, this is how you resist 
the world. You present yourself to God only to live in your body in holiness. Secondly, you, here's how you resist. You resist conformity to the world by renewing your mind. You renew your battery and your phone, and every one of you is pretty faithful to do that. Oh, you don't, where would you be without your phone? What would you do without your computer? <clears throat> what would you do without your device if it, if the battery ran out, you must renew it, you plug it in, and make sure that is on your top of your list to make sure you renew your devices. But what about your mind? What about your mind? Do you renew your mind? Are some of you still caught in thinking about things from your past that have drugged you down and brought you into despair and discouragement? Or are you living with a transform mind. Conformity says that you conform and become like someone else. And if you think that way, you'll become like it. But transformation means that you're changed from one thing to another. Maybe I'll use another word. To be renewed in your mind is to be renovated in your mind. Now, some of you have renovated your houses. You've renovated them. And that is the idea you've changed or modified your home in order for it to be better. You see, we have to have mind alteration. We have to have changed minds. The only way I will resist the world is to have an, a mind alteration. Rather than having a fleshly mind set on my flesh and my desires, I will have a spiritual mind. And as I have a spiritual mind, I renovate my mind. I renovate it. I get rid of all of that old junk in my life. I'm talking to some of you at the very center of what is wrong and what is troubling you. I hope you're listening to old Pastor Mike today. You see, you must resist the world by renovating your mind. You must renew your mind. And this word that he uses, this verb is Renewing it is the constant practice of the believer. Keep on presenting your body to God as a living, holy sacrifice in this world. The world says conform, but here's what you do before God every day. You bow and you present your body to God. You don't present your body to the world. You don't present your body to somebody else. You present your body to God for His glory and His purposes. And then you renew your mind and you you renew your mind every day. How do you do it? Well, you live by the Spirit of God. You renew your mind because the Holy Spirit is the renewer. The Holy Spirit is the one who cleanses us and washes us and regenerates us and renews us. Do you understand? Do you live in the joyous, blessed experience of being renewed by the Spirit of God? It is a wonderful thing to experience the renewal of of God. We set our minds on Jesus Christ and on spiritual truths. How do I think? I must think in different ways than the world. Look, <clears throat> you have to decide the boundaries on how much of the world's information you take into your mind versus how much of God's word you take into your mind. The world has its supposed truths and the Word of God has the truths of God. How much of your mind do you spend putting in your mind the truths of God? Well, I renew my mind when I live by the Spirit of God. 
And when I set my mind on the Lord Jesus and the Word of God, when I watch and pray and I examine my thoughts. When was the last time you sat down and said, I, I need to think about how I think? I need to think about how I think. I'm, I'm talking to you now, brothers and sisters. This, this is You see, the world will teach you how to think. But the Word of God will teach you how to think. Do you think as a believer? Do you have spiritual mindedness? Do you spend time not only reading God's word? Now here's what you must do. But do you take time to think deeply about God's word? I would suggest it to do this. Take you a piece of paper as you're reading the Bible and you're reading God's word day by day. Just make a note about various truths or themes or ideas that come to your mind as you're reading God's Word. And then you know what? During the day, pick one of those and all day long while you're busy with what you're doing, think about that one truth of God's Word. Think about it. Deeply think about God's Word. This is how I renovate my mind. And for some of you, it's time for you to renovate your mind. You're caught and trapped in old ways of thinking. You pay attention to what the what the world is saying, and then you say, wait a minute, I'm not going to think like that. I'm going to renew my mind by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I can do that, and it is one of the greatest challenges to the believer in this world. You see, if you get captured again by the thinking of the world, listen, it will terrorize you. It will make you fearful. It will cause you to be afraid. Rather than having the fear of God and understanding what really someone ought to be afraid of and ought to have fear of and put their faith in. You see, this is the challenge in the world. The first challenge is what you do with your body in the world. Well, resistance, being dead to the world means that you present your body every day. This is an act of resistance. This is an act of resistance. Every day you go before God and you present Him your body as a living and holy sacrifice. And you don't use your body in a disgraceful, dishonorable, ungodly way. Secondly, second act of resistance is you alter your mind by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You renew your mind. Some of you today, this is what you need to do before you leave is make a commitment. I am going to renew my mind and continue every day to balance the truth of what God's Word says versus what the world says. And then finally, believers resist conformity to the world. Now this sounds strange. By doing God's will. Not the world's will. You see, the world has its ways. And the world has its will. <clears throat> you were saved out of the world's ways. And you were saved out of the world's will. So now we come to this matter. Notice uh, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove. This is an interesting word. Prove. This is the word that means to approve or prove. To prove, to demonstrate what the will of God is. That which is perfect, good, and acceptable. You see, this is what you do in the world. This is how I resist the world. Listen, I do God's will in the world. I do God's will in the world. I demonstrate my resistance by presenting my body to God 
every day holy as a sacrifice. I yield myself to God and his purposes. Lord, whatever you want to do with my body, I'm ready to go. Here I am. Number two, I'm altering my mind. I'm not going to be caught thinking in the ways of the world, in those patterns of the world. I'm going to live with spiritual mindedness. Uh, the word of God does say the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And Paul says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You see, this is, a, this is a duty that we have as believers, but it's also your protection. But now this matter of approving and doing the will of God. You see, first, when I have a transformed mind, listen, when my mind is transformed, I can see and understand the will of God. I, I understand it. I come to do the will of God. I'm willing to say, Lord, I am coming now and I will do your will. I will share the gospel. I will live and do the will of God in my personal life. I will live in holiness. This is the will of God, your holiness, the word of God says. I will live, the will of God is for me to be a holy person in an unholy world. I will live by the will of God in my marriage. I'll love my husband or I'll love my, I'll love my wife. I'll, I'll, have, I'll live in the will of God in my marriage and with my family. I will live according to the will of God and how I'm to live in this world. In being submissive to governmental authorities. When they don't cross the line and demand that I not worship God. I will do the will of God and I will live, I will live according to the will of God in my work and at my job. You see, this is our task. The world is passing away, John said. Its lusts are passing away, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. You are one who are saved this morning and you are one who does the will of God. The first act of doing the will of God is to repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we go on to continually do God's will. We present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. We renew our minds and alter our minds from the worldly ways of thinking to the godly and spiritual ways of thinking. And we identify the word of God in the word of God, the will of God. And we see, listen, this is important. God's will is always good. God's will is always acceptable. And God's will is always perfect. You mean, Pastor Mike, in the midst of the, su the sufferings and afflictions and troubles in my life, God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect? Yes. In everything that comes in your life as a believer... There is the good and the acceptable and the perfect. Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God for you in Jesus Christ. Whatever afflictions and difficulties have come in your life, even those that you have caused and brought upon yourself, listen, my dear friend, God brings good out of bad to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. So what do we remember this morning and as we talk about these three acts of resistance? Well, first of all, holiness is the best resistance to worldliness. And I'm going to ask you as we're finishing up to take your Bible quickly and turn over. You need to mark this passage because I want you to see a great example of holiness as being the best resistance to worldliness. Go back to the book of Daniel. Go back to the book of Daniel. Here's this young man who lived as a godly man. Uh, through all kinds of regime changes, he worked for K 
kings, mighty, powerful governments, Rome, uh, excuse me, Daniel 6. Daniel 6, Darius signs the paper that no one can pray to a God other than him. This is the, this is the statement. But then we read these wonderful words, Daniel 6, 10, talking about Daniel, this godly man who lived in godless Babylonia. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, that is the document was signed by the king that you could not pray to any God except pray to King Darius. He entered into his house. Now in his roof chamber, he had windows open to Jerusalem. And he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. That's the picture of what it means in a world gone crazy, in a world of godlessness. You go, as the Lord Jesus said, and you go to your special room, the place where you meet God, and you defy the world, and you resist the world, and you present yourself before God. You open the Word of God so that your mind is transformed another day, so that you're ready, whatever you hear, whatever lies come to you from the world, and whatever tricks, you're ready for it, and you're ready to do the will of God. This is the picture of Daniel. This is the way Daniel lived. He lived his life as serving God in a godless world. Holiness is the best resistance to worldliness. Secondly, spiritual mindedness comes from the Holy Spirit. You can't make up spiritual mindedness. You can't think spiritually without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And what I'm saying is if you're not saved, you won't think spiritually. You're just going to think fleshly. You're going to think selfishly. You're going to think about satisfying your own flesh. Spiritual mindedness comes from the Holy Spirit rather than the unholy spirit of the world. And a renewed mind is a renovated and altered mind. You see, once the renovation starts, you don't stop. You keep on renovating your mind. Oh, there are many other layers in my mind as a believer now. There are many other layers of, of fleshly ungodliness that are embedded in my mind that must be altered and changed. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's what you're doing in your life here is you're becoming more like Jesus Christ and you're thinking more like Christ. And then finally, as the believer does the will of God, he resists the world. The world says, do this, but the Lord said, do this. The world says, go here, but the Lord says, you go there. The world demands that you, whatever it may be, conform in these ways, but you say, no, I conform to the Lord Jesus Christ. So what do we do today? How do we use this in our lives? Well, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your body. I am praying that the people of First Baptist Church will be those who glorify God in their bodies, that they resist conformity to the world by presenting their bodies a living and holy sacrifice to God, being transformed in their minds and altered in their thinking and doing the will of God. Use your body only for things that are holy and honor God. And do God's will while you're in the world. Do God's will while you're in the world. And church, may I remind you, one of the most important things that we're to do, one of the most essential things, go and make disciples. 
of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, the Lord is near. The Lord is near.